What's up, friend? Welcome to episode two of the Stoked Audiocast. Stoked stands for a seriously tactical obsession, knives and EDC. My name is Zach, and I'll be your guide through conversations and explorations with artists, makers, trends, the new mini-series of check-ins, and gear reviews. To stay up to date, be sure to follow Stoked on Instagram, which is at S-T-O-K-E-D underscore E-D-C. For this episode, I'm joined by a real-life magician wizard. He's brought us Frank, the mummy, Barry and Barry Ranger Eyes. Who is this magical man? The mysterious, lovable, loves to laugh Aaron Graves of 52 Graves. In the episode that follows, Aaron talks about all kinds of personal and EDC-centered details and considerations. When do you know you're listening to an EDC-concerned audio cast? I'll tell you. When you can hear pocket knives being opened as each of us fidgets with blades during our conversation. On Instagram, 52Graves is at 52.graves.com. I'm so stoked Aaron Graves of 52 Graves is in the house. I'm so stoked you're here along for the ride. Hang on and get stoked. We'll begin in just a moment. Aaron of 52 Graves, I can't believe that I'm actually getting to talk with you and see you. Thank you so much to talk to me. Yeah, man, I do want to talk to you and I think people want to hear about you. So First of all, thank you so much for taking some time to uh, let excitable me ask you a couple questions. Sounds good. I appreciate it. So I've been on Instagram only for a couple of months, and really the inspiration for me to get on the platform was to connect with the EDC community. And your work is among the first that I came across. So before I get into that, I want to know if you'll share with us a little bit about who you are and where you're from. Uh, well, I'm from here, from born and raised Nashville, Tennessee, uh, which is funny because I absolutely can't stand country music. <laughs> um, and I'm an open book, man. I, I, my wife I should have broken ribs because my wife probably elbows me more than uh, I let out more than I should a lot. Uh, but I believe if you can't laugh at your own, uh, if you can't laugh at your own mistakes, faults, horror stories, then you're not allowed to laugh at anybody else's. So, and I have I'm sarcastic. It to uh, it's my natural language. Um, it's it's just me. I can't I can't turn it off. <laughs> <clears throat> but born and raised here grew up in the country first half of my life from Holland hay to cows and all that fun stuff to on the weekends with my grandparents in the city uh kind of made my way through high school didn't know what I wanted to do and ended up in a kitchen and I've been in the kitchen my entire life which is I'm glad I'm finally out of the kitchen kitchen is rough man 
it's stressful, but it's, it's fun. I'm good at it. I'm good under pressure. So, but it was just, it was time. It was wearing on me. It was wearing on my family. So I got out. Awesome. And I got, I wanted to get out on my own, but I was kind of forced out, which was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me because it pushed me to jump headfirst into EDC and my own stuff. And it's just blown up really quickly, which is cool. I didn't expect it. Jumping into EDC, what was the first thing that you made, that you fabricated? What was the first idea you had? So the first thing I did was I got into, I wanted to teach myself leather work. Um, I wanted to make things out of leather, slip cases, just, I was obsessed with leather wallets. I've got tons of stuff I've made, um, but every time I'd make something and take a picture of it or put it out there, once I got to digging or once I became more people started following me, it was like, hey, this looks like so-and-so's. And I'd be like, well, where went that idea? Scrap that one. And I'd always push them. Um, like I made a coin case that I thought was really cool. Um, but it looked like a guy that I'd bought stuff from, except his has a hole in the center where you can see it. But it was a circle, perfect circle, stitched all the way around. So when it was a coin was in it, it just looked like a stitched circle. It looked completely sealed. Um, but you, I, I give credit where credit is due. And because it was a circle and maybe he was the first, I pointed everybody, do not, do not approach me to buy this. Go to this guy. He's way better at it than I am anyway. <laughs> so I just kept moving on to a new design and a new design, um, which I started thinking about all the movies. My family was huge movie buffs. We watched everything. And I grew up on Michael Myers, Jason, Freddie, all the classic horror films from, you know, Dracula, Frankenstein, those were just favorites in my house, um, which led me to Frankenstein. So I, was, I had an idea. I got it here. And so I came up with this, which was a Frankenstein pouch for a coin. It's six different pieces of leather, all stitched together like skin. So I threw that out there and a couple of people liked it, but they didn't like the price tag of it. Um, but I had to, I'm like, one, cool shit ain't cheap. <laughs> Two, this takes forever because I'm, they're all hand cut. They're all hand stitched. And I'm literally stitching six pieces, tiny pieces all together. And it took like four hours to stitch it. So that sat and everybody liked it. And, but then the Frankenstein pouch led to the Frankenstein patch because I was drawing, I was just drawing Frank because I made Frank specifically to push this slip. And then one day I was just like, what if I make this a patch? Forget to push the leather aside. And I just, and I reached out to Dave at a, on the DL brand because I saw, I didn't know where even to go to look, to get things made or patches made. And I saw um, toast, little nook. I followed him and he put out a picture of his patches and it said, you know, on the deal brand, knock these out of the park. So I just messaged the guy and shot him an email and 
next thing you know, we just got to talking and Frank was born. <laughs> and it kind of just, I kept going from there. I was scared to death because I was for sure. I'm like, oh, I'm going to make all these pranks and I'm going to, they're going to sit in my drawer for three to four months. Then I'm going to have to drop the price just to get them out. But no, man, they sold out overnight and it blew my mind. When, when was the first time you stitched up the first Frank coin pouch? Uh, that was, I'd have to look. You can actually probably look on my Instagram. There's a picture of it. I don't want to close. I'm on my phone or I'd look. Um, but there's a picture of it. And I literally posted that picture the very next day. You, was that like, are we talking a couple months or a couple years? Uh, we're saying for this one, it was probably eight months ago nine months ago maybe okay so we really are talking about recently right it, it all happened because of frank and frank was the pat as soon as the patch came out um that was i'd say five six months ago maybe four months ago that makes sense because so when i got on instagram frank version one had already dropped and so I start seeing everyone's mail calls and I'm like, yo, not, I think I have a similar background with you in terms of like, I remember watching all those hammer horror films. You know what I mean? All that hammer studio stuff where you've got the original Frankenstein and all that kind of stuff. And I never read the book. Like I was, think I was supposed to in high school and it would take like a long time before I read the book. And it was like, oh my God. This book's actually incredible. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like, I got this sitting here. Dracula. He's on the way. He's not the next one, but he's on the way. All right, so is it cool to include that in this? Or is Dracula? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Okay, so we've got, so Frank V1 is white on black. Right. Then, then you've got Frank V2 pink on black right now i got in on i got in on frank version two thank god or there was going to be a serious problem in my house <laughs> i actually just finalized or i approved uh they finally got the factory finally got back to us with frank v2 um and it was the first time they were messing with this particular type of glow so it, it kept just getting delayed um, but we finally got images and I approved it last night. So he's officially being stitched up and made. Get ready, people. Here we go. So Frank, and then you recently dropped. Well, actually, Frank V2. Frank V2 was just a, honestly, it was a shot in the dark. I had so many people asking about Frank. That, and I like the idea of limited. I like the idea of this is not something everybody has. Uh, so I don't want to print, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them just to appeal. I, I like rare limited stuff. So I've always kept everything at 100. So we got Frank V1, Frank V2, and then you recently rolled out the mummy. So the mummy, the mummy was supposed to be second. Um, and I drew him up the very next day that Frank had sold out and I sent him off to Dave. Um, and the guy that digitized it or whoever rendered it, it looked 
awful. And they sent a sample and the sample was not that great. So I didn't like it. So we started all over and we kept going. So that one actually, somehow the REs came out before the mummy, but the REs were born after the mummy. Now the REs, you're talking about the skeleton and- Yeah, Barry and Barry, Braves. So the little one's a coffin. Um, that's why it's a coffin. And I'm like, you bury a coffin. This looks like a blueberry. I've got Frankenstein. It's Barry, Frankenberry. <laughs> it just made me laugh, so I went with it. That's sick. What's it like working with Dave? What's that process like in terms of being able to come up with the design and what's the back and forth? What's the process look like from the creative end all the way to okaying manufacture? Dave is awesome. Um, Dave is one of the first people. I don't like, yes, I do business with Dave and but we don't just talk about business. Sometimes we get on there and we're just shooting the crap with each other. Um, so Dave is actually the first person I actually looked up to my, looked up at my wife and I was like, I finally found my people. <laughs> like this dude understands me. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I'll send him stuff and I ask him his opinion, I like shoot it down, insult it, you know, like critique it. Cause I'm my worst critic, man. I will, I will scrap a thousand things before you get the final, final design. Um, so he, he's honest and he names changes he thinks I should make, or if I shouldn't make any or, and we just go from there. Um, I've actually, when the death cookie was thought of, it was just, I just had a weird idea. And then I was like, I, t I messaged him and I was like, dude, this, this isn't going to make sense. Is there any way we can talk? <laughs> so he actually called me and we talked on the phone for about 30 minutes. Um, and it felt like I was talking to a long lost buddy. Uh, but yeah, he, he was excited about it. And it's, like I said, he gets me cause he, he takes what I draw here or what I see here and helps me make it into an actual object which is bizarre the way i just heard you talk about connecting with dave that there's something happening in the edc community where friends and brothers it's almost like we're reconnecting it's like yeah. right it's 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 strange like you know eventually you know charlie um he bought he bought a frank off me i threw some on uh, Facebook in a group there and uh, he bought one of those and then um, his mom passed I saw that on Facebook which my mom had passed two years ago just suddenly so I just like I genuinely felt that guy's sadness um, and start started talking to him and through that we made a friendship and it, uh, I literally that was another one of those times where I started connecting with all these people but Charlie was one of the first ones besides Dave and I same thing I said it I'm like these are my people <laughs> I've had the same experience and like when I talk with my wife about it 
she gets a little bit more protective of me. And she's like, how have you connected so deeply with these people in the EDC community that, that like within a couple of months, you're talking to a bunch of people on the phone every day about knives, patches, pouches, and then about like spirituality and priorities and what it's like to be a dad or what's it like to be, you know, a dude cruising around in the world at this point. It seems like I heard Charlie mention once, I think it was, it's on the first episode of the podcast. He calls it Legion. He says there's actually Legion going on in the EDC community. Yep. I heard him. I remember him saying that. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I can't, I can't explain it. It's, uh, it's strange. Like since I've kind of the same thing that he said to you is I've made all of a sudden it's like Frank was born. And then all this, I literally went from, and I, I know now that followers are a good thing because your audience is bigger, but I, I've never cared for that. I don't care what it is. Uh, I'm just doing what I like to do and I'm going to do it till the day I die. Um, but because of Frank, I went from, it was like 300 and something people following me to now I'm over 1200 and it's just insane. And in those 1200, like, there's so many people that just send me stuff or we connect and he's like, Hey man, what's your address? And I'm like, I don't know you. Why do you want my address? <laughs> he's like, Oh, I'm going to send you some stuff. And we, so I send them stuff. They send me stuff. So have this stuff. I don't, you know, it's just traded through friendship. Um, and what really, I guess you could say Legion, I call it, I call them the Frank army. Um, and it started with the cookie. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say his name, but when the cookie was being born, Dave said it'd be easier to describe to he who he needed to describe it to if we had a 3D version of it. And I happened to know a guy, so I reached out, told him what I was doing. He said I'd have to see the image. I sent him my drawing. Um, he was like, that's cool as hell. Uh, I don't think I'm capable of pulling that off, but I'll give it a shot. I said, well, I just need a 3D rendering of it. Well, 45 minutes passed, an hour passed, and Dave figured it out. Um, so I messaged this guy back and said, hey, figured it out. I appreciate you willing to take a look. This idea is top secret. Please keep it to yourself. Um, and I've already bought stuff from this guy. I'm a huge fan of this guy. Uh, still am today. Um, but it was like two months later, he posted a Oreo glow in the dark gear marker that he was going to sell. And I was like, what? <laughs> Dude, I gave you that idea. And it wasn't, he could have simply said, you know, hey, your idea was cool. Do you care if I make one? And I would have been like, heck no, make one. I'll buy one when they're done. Let me know. Could have been as simple as that. Um, but Dave threw a post out and all of a sudden this, it, I started getting literally hundred plus messages of people just, and I was like, Ooh, Frank has an army. <laughs> and they just, some of them were saying some crap. I'm like, calm down. It's not that big of a deal. It's cool. We'll, get, we'll deal with it. Um, but it sorted itself out and 
I still follow the guy. He still follows me. I don't know if he likes my stuff, but I still like all of his stuff. Uh, no hard feelings on this end. I just, I like, I give credit where credit's due and I wish more people would do that. It's really big of you. You know, I'm preparing for getting unloaded on with your sarcasm. And at the same time, you know, there's this, I think one of the super attractive things about a lot of you makers is you guys have, it's tangible how big of a heart and soul you guys have for our community. You know, it's not only like you're, you're offering up these creative pieces that have been manifested by you guys, but the energy behind it's super righteous. And so hearing you talk about the competitive part of the community, that it's, there's a lot of support, but then we have these ideas and some of them might be similar some of them might even be the same. And it is really important to maintain the integrity and the honesty of what it is that we're doing. And I agree with you. I, I, I hope that that, I guess, and I'm not sure what the question is here, but it seems like the genuine work of all you guys, like the stuff that's copied gets shaked down. Yeah, it gets shaked down. It gets shaked down quick. And it's as simple as, you know, from everybody I've spoke to that, you know, if, if you do want to make something or you have made something that you want to release that's similar, um, most of them simply ask, just give credit where credit is due. And then they give you the green light. And in reality, what idea is original? Yeah, I made a Frank patch, but I'm sure there's Frank patches out there. I don't have one, but Frank wasn't my idea. He was made in the 30s. <laughs> all, all ideas and thoughts and it's all. Nobody has the power to. I don't believe to create something out of nothing. There's only one being that has that power. Um, everything we create is stemmed from something else beautiful yeah i feel that like charlie he's he this he's described as an alchemist he takes this piece this piece this piece and he binds them together to create what he creates yeah i think you guys are actually just weirdo wizards <laughs> i actually start that's so the cookie was started because i've done magic since i was 12 um and the the logo the 52 logo um it's magic related there's 52 cards in a deck but if you turn if you turn it upside down it's my initials it's an a and a g come on that's so cool um but it's it's magic related so that's that's where that logo came and i actually used that i was designing my own deck of cards because I was trying to figure out how to get into the magic community some way, shape, or form. Um, and then I started once EDC kind of took over my brain. Um, I'll, I still do magic from time to time, but it's kind of been put on the back burner just because this has become my obsession. What got you into magic and what kind of magic do you still do? Um, Magic was, I guess it was 
my mom that took, uh, she took me to a, she worked for Ticketmaster when I was young. So I got to go to a David Copperfield show and he did, that was, that was it pretty much. I'm like, this dude's a wizard and I want to be a wizard. <laughs> uh, and he did all these crazy tricks. He floated, you know, and I'm like, I can't do any of this. And he did one trick um, towards the end, which is called crazy man's handcuffs. Uh, it's where rubber bands um, actually pass through each other. And I was like, well, I've got rubber bands. Um, so I went home at 12 or so and figured out how to make this work. And I taught myself how to do it. But it, I don't know if you can see it here. Yeah, I can see. But you, they're back behind each other, yeah? Yeah. So the trick is, is they can't come out the sides or the middle. Yep. But. Oh, come on now. What through. is that? So that was the first trick I taught myself at 12. That's messed up. Um, and that was kind of the start of it all. Uh, I mean, I've got upstairs, I've got a card shelf my buddy built me with hundreds of decks of cards. Um, I've got drawers full of just gimmicks and tools to help you be a wizard. <laughs> See, that's what I need. I need all you guys. I need, that's why I've got, you know, let's say the sling that I wear, you know, I throw all the patches from you guys on here because I need all the help I can get to be a wizard, you know? And look, I had a big old beard yesterday, but it's my wife's birthday week. She likes me when I shave my beard. So I, I, I gift her a, 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 my version of no beard for a week out of the year. And You're I can tell, dude, my, my wizard abilities are at an all-time low without the beard. It's horrible. I feel like a smurf. Dude, I tell people, I haven't seen my face in 16 years. I, I've never bought razors. Um, but I, people are like, what do you look like? And there's a few existing pictures of pre-beard and I, I still look the same i'm like dude i look like a giant 16 year old covered in tattoos and then i i joke i make jokes i'm like you ever seen the goonies yeah sloth like one of my eyes drop i'm missing teeth it's it gets bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> so right now i think i'm at least a child and i'll leave it at that look better than i would i'd say with short facial hair appreciate that now i know you're being sarcastic all right i want to ask you a question of take me take us back in time what's an early experience that you had with something related to edc like pocket knives hunting knives was the first when i was 11 12 somewhere around there as well um my grandmother uh she, I don't know if that's when it started, but she got diagnosed with cancer and she was in her sixties. Um, but she had this large collection of knives, like Rambo style knives, like huge machetes, um, pocket knives. And she would stay up and watch, uh, the knife, the QVC, whatever it was. And she would just buy every knife she liked. Um, so we would always go through her shipments of these fancy knives 
Um, and of course I was able to get him out and look at him, but she wouldn't let me play with him. <laughs> uh, and then when she, uh, there was one she had, where is that thing? It's in my toolbox somewhere. There was one she had that was my favorite. Uh, the handle was like a, a wooden handle with greens and reds in it. Um, and it was, the blade was almost shaped like an eagle's beak. And it had a hole in it, so it looked like an eagle. Um, and that was my favorite. So when she passed, um, we found it and her stuff. She had gone through, and everything that I had touched or liked, she had wrapped up in paper and wrote my name on it. So she left me that knife. So that was kind of the, that knife, I carried that knife forever. Um, and also at that time, I didn't, not too good at, sh you don't think about sharpening knives, like until I got deep into the knife community, like I was afraid to use it, didn't want to scratch it. Like that was my granny's knife. Um, so it stays in my toolbox safe. I don't use it anymore. I get it out every now and then just sit it up on top, but that was the start. It's her fault. <laughs> Just to pay respects to your grandma, what's her what's her name and what did you call her? Uh, Granny is what I called her. Her name was uh, Barbara. Barbara Jean. Good lady. And then my mom always had a fear of passing away young. My granny passed away at 66. And then my mom didn't even make it. She made it to 60. She just went to sleep and didn't wake up. I'm sorry to hear that, and I'm sorry for your losses. All good. You learned from them. I lost. The first loss I had was my dad. And looking back, I can see that a lot of what we're talking about was planted. All these seeds were planted by my dad and my grandfathers. They always had knives on them. They always had a cool coin on them. And my dad, as a, as a contractor and a carpenter, not only did he have these things on him, but he knew every way to use them. And one of the things that I love about having my dad's, a bunch of my dad's tools, is that they're all beat to shit. They're used. Yeah. Like the idea of actually being in the EDC community and using your gear and beating it up, I think battle worn is beautiful, man. That was that was one of the the first expensive knife. I say expensive because it was expensive to me. Now that I've spent, it was the the banter. Um, I'd never spent my uh, as far as my own money. I'd never spent more than a hundred bucks on a knife, and this was right over a hundred. And so I was one of those. I was afraid to use it. I'm like. I've never had a knife that's open like this. This, it just, it's beautiful in every way. This is one of my favorite knives. Is that the so wee knife banter? Yeah. So finally I used it and I see that scratch. I sure do. Boy, it, it drove me insane. It shook me so hard. And it was like my OCD. I would just, that's all I could think about. And I just stare at it and I'm like, this is awful. <laughs> but I finally uh, I forced myself to take this knife apart and then I 
I stone washed it for like two hours straight. Um, so now it's got little scratches all over it and that cured the uh, whole, um, it was meant, it was a knife that was meant to be used. Um, and finally, when I see it now, I'm like, that's gorgeous. You see me shaking my head, nodding my head. And I think everyone listening to this is going for sure. And I even, I use the hashtag EDC, uh, EDC obsessed because I recently, so I'm a, I'm a paid book geek, right? I teach. And it was only recently that I got my first titanium pen right through this thing in my pocket like the first day through this thing in my pocket with a bunch of other stuff and i take it out in class and i actually lost my train of thought because the clip is all the dl the the cerakote is all worn off after a day and i'm thinking after a day i'm going to be using this thing every day <laughs> i this it's going to go from black to to what and and i i have not been able to stop thinking about the clip on my dude it, same thing same thing i had the uh i got the pete's pirate life the brass one yep I got the black clip on it and i kept it in my pocket and where i worked i was just the right height to where when i would lean like ring people up make their drinks I was hitting the counter every time. And when I pulled my pin out, it had a bunch of silver lines just all over it. And I was like, oh, I'm pissed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. So finally, like, I just started, I don't know. I think I stuck it in my pocket so it wouldn't hit the counter no more. And when I got home, uh, noticed some of them were gone. So I just started rubbing my thumb on it and I spent all night. I just rubbed my thumb on it and you can't see a single scratch. I don't know what happened. I don't know how it filled up. It is complete. It looks brand new, but it shook me to my core. I was upset. <laughs> when I hear, a, a, when I hear after seeing the rubber band trick and knowing that you're a magician wizard and you're telling me that you're rubbing your thumb on wear marks on Pete's pirate pin. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to send you my battle worn gear when it's time to make it new again. No scratches. And it was gnarled up, dude. It was it was awful. <laughs> Let's say it's the beginning of the day and you're loading up your pockets and your bag to head out. What's a typical Aaron Graves EDC kit consist of? Definitely a knife. This this always first thing goes on my neck. It's the last thing I take off. So those are the Sneak Reaper scapulars? Yes. Uh, and I've got the... Actually, Dave helped this dude put these together, but it's the... His name's Edward. He's a sniper, and he made some... Uh, terror card type deals and i picked one of those up and cut her down so she fits in there and then uh jewelry i love jewelry and this is actually all pete's pirate life my pouch is actually here 
run EDC. I lost the game. No ghosts. And then uh, this pretty much stays the same in here. I've got Leatherman Squirt. He's Power Life. I switched the blade out on it. This is the safe carry one. And then the Civivi Kai V. Those always stay in there. And then a playing card. There's always a playing card in there. There you go. Same one. And then my pockets. These there's always a coin. Beer bomb. I made that. That's my that's my newest creation. Beer bomb slip. It's tight. Blue leather with glow thread. Glow thread. You guys are dropping the glow thread these days, man. Blood money womp. Ooh. What else we got? Ah. Ed Manifesto, Copus Design, Elvia. Beautiful. With my one of my favorite stickers. For rectal use only. <laughs> <laughs> there it is <laughs> and then uh you got the titanium peace power life dice and then i just got the little token on me today it's a beautiful loadout one of my favorites the wonk since i've gotten it has not left my pocket and the beer bomb has not not left my pocket good good tools for daily emergencies Can you say anything about why you wear scapulars and something about magic and spirituality? Uh, I like the idea of always being ready. Um, and that once I started following Ed um, and that got into that circle, uh, that stuff just blew my mind. I like things that serve other purposes. They're not just one thing. Um, and the fact that I can rip this off my neck and do things with it is, it is bizarre to me. Um, I've learned, I, when I bought this, I did not have one of these yet. And the guy that at the knife show, I was at Blade Show, he had his on and I was like, I've never seen one in person. That's really, can I look at it up close? He let me look, you know, he did this. And then he quickly, I guess he didn't realize it was out and he stuck it inside of his shirt. So right then, like if I'm home, it's out because I want to see it. Um, but if I leave the house, it's hidden under my shirt. Um, so right then I kind of learned, it dawned on me. I'm like, that's kind of why I'm not, saying what it's supposed to do <laughs> and all the things it can do if you if you know what it is if you know you know yep um and then see so yeah, i just like things that serve multiple purposes and if i leave the house with just that i'm perfectly content yeah but i made i made this one <clears throat> one of the big people that inspires me there's two that are at the top of my list I don't know. If you heard of Starco? Yes. 
Yes. So, uh, Donnie, he, uh, I don't know if you, I'll call him Donnie because that's what he goes by on social. Um, I got to build a relationship. He's, I followed him when he was houndstooth zombie. Um, and his Instagram was the reason I started like, I want to own cool gear. Like not just the stuff I had, like I always had a knife, I always had silver dollars because it did magic. I had, you know, just kind of like your grandpa carry, if you would. Um, but he had this unique, this stuff stood out and he took amazing photos of it. Um, well, then one day I tried to tag him in something, a picture I took that he inspired and it wasn't pulling him up. Well, that's when I figured out he changed his name to Starco, um, Starco Zoo. And then, so I got to look and I'm like, how did I miss? He released the 8-bit, which I still don't own. And it breaks my heart. <laughs> One day, I can't, I'm at the point where I'm willing to sell a kidney. Okay. That's how much those things cost secondhand. Um, but I just, and I, I, I drove to Atlanta for Blade Show um in hopes to land one and by the time i got there it was the last day he was he was packing up but i met him and we talked and we we he remembers me i was like you remember talking to me that's crazy so we we still talk to this day like when i'm releasing something or i have a question like i message this guy and he's a friend enough that he responds and gives me his opinion he's a cool dude down to earth but he kind of inspired me to i want to own really cool shit and brag about it <laughs> yep um and then the other one was who is citizen e um i'd followed them for a while um followed her for a while i did not know it was her until i met her um but she just her pictures and images of the things she was making. And she was kind of where I saw this to begin with. So I finally was able to, I bought a couple of the glow nuts secondhand because there wasn't any available on her site. And then finally more was made and I, I bought a bunch. I have a ton of them now. Um, but she inspired me a lot like the images she takes, the stuff she photographs, the way she lays it out. It's just, it's beautiful. Um, but before I got this, I had, I made beads, necklaces. Like I got a little girl, I got a daughter. So, and she likes to do all this stuff. If I'm in here making leather, she's trying to cut leather, you know. But I, I made this and it's a replica of something who is citizen e makes which is her uh, rosary 2.0 wow um but i've always liked rosaries i'm not catholic um but they're beautiful the the number of beads is the same it's just it's pretty it's made out of lava stone and soda light i think i said that right but it's got the same cordage as this cool so it, it breaks away just like the scap scapular, um, you know, whatever you got to do. Cool. That's what wow. it's meant for. But I made that and I tagged her in it. And, you know, like I said, give credit where credit is due. 
And yes. when I posted that, I made sure everybody knew this was not hers. It's a replica of hers. I just had the stuff to make it. If you want one, go to her. But I've built a friendship there as well that's solid as a rock. Um, awesome person. Down to earth. One of the things I think so many of us are interested in is you know, getting to hear a little bit more from you makers and creators. You've generously shared about knives, womps, the beer bomb. I mean, these are, these are seriously covetable items. In terms of being a collector, right? Collecting patches and collecting other pieces of EDC gear. What are the things that are super exciting for you still that you get super stoked on chasing down? The 8-bit is still at the top of my grail list. I will own one one day. Um, but it's just, you know, it's, I don't really have a, I mean, I guess I, I go for solid black a lot. And I go for stonewashed a lot. Um, I, I always, I try to stay up to date as possible as far as like Raven the Pirate. Um, unfortunately, I missed that third coin. I was at work and it, sucks <laughs> but uh i'll get i'll get that one too um but like i've been a fan of like pete's pirate life that that kind of also started the edc so i was a he was actually he's a magician he's he was a magician that i've i have videos from and learned from um he was in the magic community first um as far as where i knew him um so I, I followed him to his transition to YouTube and Instagram. Um, and then right as I got into wanting to carry this type of stuff, he had released the first coin and he actually released it as a joke. Um, Cause it was just a joke between him and his buddies. Like, let's just make some coins, you know, cause they called him Pete the pirate. And I missed that one. I, I had, uh, I had tried to he did the last drop of the first coin and that was the first time i'd felt that one was kind of bittersweet um that was the first time i'd been cart sniped <laughs> oh. and i was so angry but it gave you this like huge adrenaline rush right you're waiting you got your timer set um you're hitting refresh a hundred times um i had it in my cart and and that was shortly after my mom passed. So I, I said kind of a selfish prayer. And I was like, man, if she, I just want her to know I miss her. If she knows I miss her, let me get this coin. That's how bad I wanted that coin. It was selfish. I agree. Um, but it was in the cart, processing the payment, watching the stupid wheel of death and uh, boom, out of stock. And I was, I mean, I was, I slung everything off the counter. Just because of that, not that I was mad that I had cart sniped, but I said that prayer. Um, and that's what made me angry. And I, I was throwing stuff. I was mad. Um, and there was a guy, I just started searching Instagram. His name's Jake. He lives in uh, England. And I just searched the hashtag for the coin, and I noticed he had more than one. 
Um, and I had messaged him before I knew he was dropping more like, Hey, if you're ever interested, you know, in letting one of those go hit me up. So me angry, slinging stuff, pissed off, um, thinking about that prayer. And all of a sudden my Instagram goes off and it's a message from Jake. And he's like, Hey man, you still want this second coin? And I just broke down, dude, bald like a baby. But uh, it finally made its way across the pond, uh, and it's been in my collection since. I'll never get rid of it. It's an amazing story. The more, but I... as far as base, it's like, it's Pete's power of life. I'm I'm always forever going to go after anything he releases. Um, Starco, I I try to get my hands on everything he releases. That stuff goes quick. Um, but I like rare stuff. I like stuff that it's hard to get like chasing after the impossible. It's cool to hear you talk about that because, you know, from my perspective, that's how I relate to your stuff is when 50, when I, you know, when I see an update from 52 graves, um, it's like, okay, uh, work and family has got to be put on pause. <laughs> uh, you know, me like uh, we've been traveling when he released the uh, the fourth coin, um, we were on our way to go camping with family. Um, and the drop was going to happen while we were on the road. And I told my wife, I'm like, my, as soon as my alarm went off, I'm like, I started pulling over. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, we got to stop. <laughs> yep. Is there anything that's going on in the EDC community from your perspective that you feel like that you feel should be addressed that that maybe something's not working that that maybe there are things going on in the community that you feel like should change I'd say at first at first I had a I had a huge honestly I had a huge problem which was it started like being cart sniped it, and it wasn't that I was being cart sniped. It was, I wish sometimes there were, and I don't even know how to do it. Hopefully one day I figure it out, but like put limitations on items where, cause a lot of this stuff like scoopy loops and things that I want to get my hands on. The only way to get my hands on it is secondhand. And I feel like that's because, and people complain about it all the time, but it's bots people just buying buying stuff just to flip it and make profit and that drives me crazy it used to drive me crazy i should say there was a guy that bought one of my mummies um i just recognized his name and like the day he got it in the mail it was already up on edc marketplace for twice what he paid for it and it sold but then i was like it's eh, got hustle can't really be mad at that but everything he does that's all he does stuff he sells this guy in particular like it's stuff that i have that he just got in the mail and he's flipping it instantly kind of irritating but starco was one that um i asked him about that and i'm like does it does it drive you crazy when i was getting into this i said does it drive you crazy that some people just buy your stuff just to flip it for thousands of dollars and he he put it to me simply and he was like, I can't control what other people do. I can only control what I do. And right then and there, I was like, 
guess it's not that big of a deal no more. <laughs> I can only worry about myself. Man, I respect that opinion. Uh, I don't think I'm quite at that level of being able to understand and let go, but it's pretty cool to hear, to hear that kind of language coming from the top. Well, it's pretty odd to say that I'm at the top coming from somebody's mouth, so. <laughs> Just calling it like it is. What are you excited about working on? What can we, what can we expect in the not too distant future? Uh, so, currently working on the next monster. Um, which will be, uh, I'll say, it's the creature. If you if you know the rest of that, you know. Um, I'm excited about that one. Uh, there's more. There's more cookies being made. Uh, the next cookie is the blood cookie. Um, it's kind of, I'm following a pattern. Somebody actually in one of the comments, I think it was on Charlie's post of it. I can't remember, but somebody said, uh, well, it'd be cool if there was uh, an all white one and it was like a ghost cookie. And I was like, dude, are you reading my book? Uh, but it's like they're already guessing the pattern so that was neat to see but there's there's another cookie before that one but and i'm changing a few things not the design but what glows on it i'd say um there's beads coming uh little mega stuffed death beads um yeah i'm just kind of I don't know. It's like I'll wake up with an idea and I start drawing or I'll stay up all night. And I'm like, this is it. This is the next thing. I don't have a, I have a little bit of a plan as far as what's coming down, like in my pipeline. So we've got a we've got a monster patch. We've got another cookie. We've got beads. Um, and then I've got another monster planned after that one. Trying to draw up different slaps. I've got an idea for another ranger eye. Um, which would be magic related to pay homage to that or homage, however you say that word. Um, it'd be fun. Hopefully this new job allows the more free time to knock that out. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations and good luck with the new gig. Would you rather carry a two inch and under blade or three inch and over? Ooh. Well, let's say given what I carry, it's it's either the the Elvia, the banter, and this little bad boy never leaves. And then I've the Spider Comic B is another top one. There's always a little blade on me that's about an inch. So I'd say two and under, because every one of these are right at two inches. Cool. And I like the concept of it easily hiding itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you had to pick a handle material, do you go G10 or Micarta? Ooh, I don't, I don't own any Micarta yet. Uh, one is on the way. One of my grail ones is on the way that I was able to get a pre-order of, which is the uh, Vero. 
Nice blade. Uh, dude, I can't wait to hold that thing. Um, but it's black micarta. And then, but as far as, so I, I guess G10, I like metal. Um, the first, the first knife I could afford um, was G10, but I, I modified it myself and I modified the blade. I like brass. I'm a sucker for brass. So those are the flytanium scales and it's a spider coat tenacious, but I did all the work on it. So uh, I'd say G10 out of my, or I don't know what it's like to have a knife made out of my carta, but so G10, but if I had to pick, it's, it's metal. I like heavy as well. And this thing's got weight. What's the difference between brass and copper for you from your perspective? Uh, brass looks like gold and it goes well with black. Um, copper. I like copper. It just, it, it gets really, really dark. And I don't want every time I hold my knife or use it to my hand to smell like pennies. <laughs> This is the Vox Naze Urban EDT oh, yeah. that I've been I've been building out my brass carry uh, around this one. Beautiful. I've actually looked for that one. The uh, it's Elmax Steel, which is the first Elmax blade that I've got, and I I think I could get rid of my steak knives and just have that around the house. I don't. I don't. Uh... I don't use steak knives anymore. It's whatever knife is in my pocket is what cuts my steak. And I actually have a, this is cool. You'll like this. So the one I used, the one I carried for a while was because of, where is it? Well, now I've got to hunt for it. I don't know. See, I always put things in the same spot and I didn't put something in the same spot. You know, that knife's not where I think it is. That drives me nuts. Dude, uh, it was the uh, the Black Void Opus. From just Yeah. Um, that's the one that's not in the spot it's supposed to be in. Um, that knife right there, what that cuts a stake perfectly. <laughs> But this is a little one when I was in food sales for a while. I got out of the kitchen, got into food sales, and then uh, I stumbled on this one, which is it's a K A I Kai, I think is the brand, but it is classified as a personal steak knife. It's got ivory handles. It's it's a beaut. That type of folder that's got that, that's got that latch up at the top. Yeah. You feel like those are, because I know that's, that's legal carry in England, right? Yes. I think you've got to have, you can't, I don't think you can have, um, I think folders have got to have that, that, that thumb pin on them can you carry that in your pocket without it being triggered yeah it, it doesn't open i mean i'm putting a good bit of pressure on it 
but yeah whenever whenever we actually go to like the the fancy steakhouse if you would this one this one always goes with me um and yeah it doesn't open very easily in the pocket at all you ever get any looks or comments when you're at the fancy steak house and you pull out your own knife to cut your own steak yeah there's there's some there's been some serve and my wife even looks at me like seriously and i'm like yeah seriously <laughs> and the service be like you know they give you that side eye like that dude just he's he's got his own steak knife uh it's fun though it's it's part of that uh at that point they just they they recognize that uh oh he must have grown up in the country you know this dumb redneck using his own knife to cut his steak <laughs> you give this guy a bloody cookie he needs help yeah right well, again, Aaron, thank you so much for your time and thank you for letting me ask you a bunch of questions. This episode of Stoked EDC is brought to you by, well, it's brought to you by me, Zachary. To contact and follow 52 Graves on Instagram, go to at 52.graves.edc. 52 Graves. Handmade EDC goods, pocket art, leather goods, and oddities. Made in Tennessee. Thank you, Aaron, for talking with me about life, magic, and the goods we love. Thank you, Charlie of Pondia Marts, for the stoked logo and helping fuel the stoke. Thank you, Rich Patitucci, for the jazzy riffs heard at the beginning and end of the Stoked EDC Audiocast. Thank you for listening, and until next time, stay stoked!